Welcome to another edition of Clear Talk. Uh, today's a very special day. Uh, this is the very first time I'm going to be able to welcome Joel Harris as president of Solutions 360. You started a new job today. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks. It's exciting to be part of the Solutions 360 team, Brad. We couldn't be more thrilled to have you here. I, I really feel very excited about the future ahead of us. Having said that, we've had a number of conversations about the One Dashboard. So why don't we talk about something a little more specific uh, that drives a good portion of the One Dashboard as our first discussion uh, with you as a member of Solutions 360. How do you feel about that? I love it. Okay. Well, uh, labor, of course, is the most important uh, resource that we have to manage in most businesses, especially in the integration business. And we use the terms like labor capacity, labor utilization, billability. So I want to start with the idea of capacity and, and what are we trying to do with the one dashboard when it comes to labor capacity? What, what is it? What are we trying to achieve at that level? Well, as you said, and we make the assertion, not everyone believes uh, would follow it, but I'm going to say it again for clarity is that the labor is the one variable that we can control to drive profitability in our projects. We either consume it fully because as you and I've discussed many times, we pay for it, whether we use it or not. And so it's critical for profitability for us to consume the labor that we have available. So knowing what our labor capacity is, is critical to then being able to fully use it. So labor capacity becomes a, a key element to understanding in our pursuit of maximizing the profitability of our integration business. And of course, when we talk about capacity, uh, we have to understand that we have different types of labor available. So it's important to have capacity by type. And we have holidays, we have vacation periods, we have uh, certain times when we don't have labor availability. So I know all of that needs to be taken into account. Uh, and it certainly is in the one dashboard. We're looking at all of those different factors. So now we know our capacity. What comes next? Well, once we know our capacity, uh, our consulting business in Navigate teaches us that we should think about our projects as a portfolio of projects. So no project can be uh, acted on independently, or it creates havoc and confusion across all the projects. So the first thing we have to look at is our labor capacity across our portfolio projects and understand how we apply that across the portfolio. And then second, we look at it by the project. And then thirdly, we look at it by the project or by the labor type within those projects to make sure that we're scheduling efficiency. Any unused labor, we can't bank. It's not like I get to just recognize the, the, the revenue later. On equipment, I can store it and yeah, it moves it out. But unfortunately with labor, it goes this negative bottom line performance in the period that it's unconsumed. So what we look to in one dashboard is to say, are we adequately scheduling our labor capacity because that drives profitability. And we have two bad cases. We can overschedule it, in which case we are going to set ourselves and our customers up for failure because we simply can't deliver that. Or we're going to underschedule it, in which case we're going to uh, show reduced profitability or even negative losses because we're paying for labor that we can't store and we can't use at a later date. And so at the highest level, we're, lo we're looking at that one of those two ways, right? Am I, am, am I scheduled against my full capacity? And what am I doing if I'm not? That's an incredibly important point. We, once the labor is not used, it's lost forever. That's right. Now, you talked about scheduling labor. 
And could you maybe clarify, does scheduling mean that I have to assign people to the labor? What exactly is the scheduling portion of it? That's a great uh, distinction that, that uh, Solutions360 does a wonderful job in understanding. So when I kick off a project in my planning phase, I should lay out the, the phases of my project and the labor estimate that's going to be doing. And we call that scheduling. So I don't have perfect knowledge as to when the GC is going to actually uh, uh, dry the building or have the building painted so I can, or, or completely uh, dust free so I can install my racks. But I have to lay out the sequential nature of my project using the Gantt chart of the functionality within Solutions 360 and put the estimate duration. That allows me to forecast and look forward as opposed to just what's happening reactively week to week. Once I lay that out, then I schedule into, or I, I'm sorry, I assign into that schedule. So the schedule can be moving and fluid and I can very easily adjust my schedule. I need to postpone this project by a month or three months or six months, depending on availability of site and availability of materials. Those drive when I can actually make effective use of my labor. But when the time comes that that project is now available to be have labor assigned to it, now I can look at just a week or two. So I don't have to assign resources months in advance because that's just a waste of time. It's going to change every day or at least every week. Instead, I lay out the schedule and then I assign into it on a short-term basis. That's a very critical function to understand the difference of those two um, terms. And in our industry, we typically confuse them because we talk about scheduling as look at my outlook schedule and see what my assignments are. But it's important uh, to think about both very differently. So if I heard you correctly, we, we schedule out for the whole duration of the project. And at then least, we at least three months out. Okay. At least three months out. And, and what about that assignment window? How big is that normally in your experience in the industry? We see about two weeks to be effective. Projects change in our industry. Again, most of our projects are three months in duration or less. Some of them are week in duration or less. And so what we see in our industry that if you try to schedule out more than two weeks, you're just shuffling. I'm sorry, if you try, I'll use my own language. If you try to assign more than two weeks out, you're merely just going to be doing it over and over again. So don't waste your time assigning outside of the visibility that you have on your, in your project world. Okay. So we started with capacity. We moved towards scheduling. And then we started assigning work and we're assigning work two or three out, weeks out, well, whatever uh, that window might be. Now, there's another term that I've heard frequently called billability. Can you define what that means and how it interacts with everything else we've just talked about? Here's a really key principle that some of us don't get. All the only work that gets recognized as revenue is work that I bill. So people can be very busy doing all kinds of good things. They can be training, they can be evaluating equipment, they can be straightening out my warehouse, they can be doing all kinds of valuable work that I need to have done. But if it's not billed to a customer, it's not creating revenue. And so we want to track within that available capacity. Now, we also should stop and mention that available capacity is available to work, right? So if I have my 20, 80 hours and I give two weeks of, of paid vacation time, that vacation time has to come off of that. I can't schedule, I can't schedule into capacity I don't have because it's either taken up by holidays or sick time or other. So I start with my available uh, uh, utilization out of the capacity. 
But the real critical measure is how much of that can I turn into billable activity? And when we talk about billable utilization, we want to focus on two important factors which lead to productivity. So we can make a mistake of telling everybody to drive utilization and they will pencil whip their forms and everybody's working. But now I'm applying hours unproductively to a job. So then I have to counterbalance that with against what's my job estimate, what's my forecast to complete, and am I fulfilling productive work against that? So billable utilization becomes the one metric that is critical to measure against my capacity. That's great. And when we talk about billable, this, this can be a little confusing for some people that, that I've seen. Billable doesn't mean that I'm cutting an invoice for each hour that that person works directly. It's indirect in many cases. And a good example is a paid service contract. I, right. I have a service contract with a customer. I'm getting revenue for that every month. If I put somebody's labor against that contract, that's technically billable time because it's involved in a revenue generating function. That's a great clarification because, yeah, we typically think about our project hours and how I'm generating. But the other part that you and I talk about often is that if I've recognized 100% of my hours on my revenue and then I bill more hours to that project, all they do is create losses for me because I, I have already recognized the revenue. And we come back to that important point of forecasting to estimate to complete so that I'm slowing down my revenue recognition. If my jobs are going to go over, I want to recognize that early. So at the end of the project, I'm not creating billable, but no revenue associated with those billable hours. That's great. That's very informative. And I, I think I'd like to leave people with a teaser. And that there, there is another type of time which is important other than administrative time, and that's pre-sales time. And I think that's going to be an interesting subject because pre-sales is not billable, but it's not administrative and it's convertible. So I think that'd be a great uh, discussion for a little later. I think that that is one of the conundrums of our industry that would be worth unpacking for our friends here. Great. Well, it's been a real pleasure. Our first podcast with you as uh, president of Solutions 360. We're thrilled to have you on board and I look forward to plenty more of these. Thanks. Thank you, Brad. It's always a privilege.